0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Fountain City Sports Media. We are super excited to get this one rolling today because we are here with our first official friend of the podcast. You know how like you grow up and you have imaginary friends and you may even have like a pen pal? Well, now, sitting here, cross-country, in the flesh, we have none other than Wyatt Mills coming at us straight from Washington. Wyatt, how you doing, man?
1: Hey, hey, I'm doing great. It's good to uh, see other people. I mean, during this quarantine in Washington, it's been tough. Oh,
0: I believe it. I believe it. What you been doing to, I don't know, not go crazy during the whole quarantine? You got any hobbies?
1: Yeah, I uh, I've been playing video games. Uh, I, I know that there's, The fiance is not a huge fan of video games to the like to an extent, um, but I've been doing that. I yeah, that's a great question. What do you
2: play? COD, Two K.
1: You know, I, I definitely played 2K uh, for a long time until Ghost of Tsushima came out. It's an open-world Japanese game.
0: Oh, yeah, nice. man. Yeah, nice. So
1: I, that just came out a few days ago. I've been playing that. And I actually beat Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, which is one of the hardest games out there. I'm a, I'm a nerd for for like campaign video games.
0: I've heard that game is incredible.
1: So good, so good.
0: Going hardcore. Okay, then uh, the next question, I guess, doesn't really matter. Are you more excited for the PS5 or the uh, the new Xbox coming
1: out? <laughs> That's a huge question, Reese. What are you talking about? I'm a PS. I'm a PS4 guy right now, but I grew up an Xbox guy. It's just, I just I have love hey. for both. There's I mean, there's the great series of games that are only allowed on either one, and yeah, I'm never gonna be the guy that has both consoles and is getting every game under my belt but i think i'm gonna go ps5
2: nice are you right super excited for that spider-man game
1: oh yeah I, pl- I played the first one for sure oh yeah
2: nice i'm so excited for spider Spider-Man game. i'm an xbox guy and i'm i'm gonna switch to the ps5 when it comes out official announcement breaking news on <laughs> fountain city sports media uh, i am switching to ps5 screw xbox
0: <laughs> that's what i like to hear now we can all finally play 2k and all that stuff together online yep.
3: And on that hill, our Xbox sponsorship died.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I never really
3: was much of a gamer at all growing up, uh, but this past year, uh, my roommate had a PS4, and I played all the way through God of War, and I got to say I'm a convert, man. That was amazing.
1: God of War is incredible. I was a
3: total newbie before, and I was like, I've been missing out this whole time.
0: God of War is a good series. Do you have a favorite one in the series, or are you just a fan of the series in general?
1: Uh, you know what? I actually jumped on only to the last one, the, the latest God of War. Mm-hmm. Dude, tight, tight. It's so good. Oh, so good.
0: Well, for the sake of keeping things tight, uh, we've got some questions here that we want to ask you. Uh, you know, being a professional baseball player, you know, being a pitcher, there, there's so many things that we don't know that we're all curious about that we know that you're going to be an expert on. Sure. So I'm I'm gonna start by lobbing a pretty easy question. Uh, you were born in Spokane, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Correct.
0: Okay. Did you grow up a Mariners fan then?
1: I absolutely did.
0: Yeah. Okay. So here's the big burning question I had. You were uh, what? What year were you born in?
1: 1995.
0: Okay, 95. So would that? Did you grow up as a big fan of like the Griffey, A. Rod, Pinella era Mariners? Or are you more of like the Ichiro, Martinez kind of squads of the early 2000s?
1: Yeah, early 2000s. Um, gosh it's kind of odd I, I never was a guy that had that specific mariners player that i idolized or anything um felix hernandez was kind of that first dude that was just nasty up there and was getting everybody out but i i paid attention to all sports and kind of the whole league as a whole rather than specifically the mariners but you know that was on in my grandparents house and my parents house so <laughs>
0: That's so cool. That's that's awesome. So like, did you know you wanted to be a baseball player then from a young age? That's a sport you latched onto?
1: No. No, that my story's an odd story, which we I'm excited to talk about, but yeah, baseball was not something that was in my uh future when I was growing up. I at, at least in my opinion.
0: Well, please please enlighten us then. What what is your story from a young age? How did you get into baseball?
1: Sure. Uh, I I was a super late bloomer as a kid. Um I feel like that's what everybody says, but I, I was just a teeny little skinny dude, um, buck 60 out of high school. Uh, got, I ended up getting a walk-on uh, offer to Gonzaga University, which is in Spokane here. And I didn't, I didn't play much my first two years, but I decided myself, if we want to get into the switching to sidearm, uh, that's kind of part of this story. And I, I kind of did it my own on my own. I p- got my buddy with me and I said, dude, I, I feel like I need to change something. I don't know what it is, but so we just, after practice, we went on a, our own practice field and I worked on it for two weeks and then I finally went to the coach and said, can I throw you a bullpen sidearm? I've been working on it <laughs> and they agreed. And just like that, I had 22 innings my sophomore year as a side armor. Uh, I was going to redshirt that next year. They told me, so meaning I was not going to play. I was going to sit out um, for my sophomore year. But my transition got me 22 innings, and then junior and senior year, I took off and started throwing super hard from side and started impressing people, and boom, you get drafted.
2: <laughs> why? Why? Why did you choose sidearm? Like, what? What were you doing before that didn't work out? And then you decided, you know, I'm going to try to switch up to that sidearm.
1: Great question. But the answer is nothing. Like nothing was wrong. I was, I was a decent pitcher. I just was throwing 84, 86 miles an hour up to 88. Um, It was just my body changed. Like it didn't really matter to me. I don't think if I was over the top or sidearm, my body changed. I grew into myself and then I started throwing hard and I'll never go back ever being from being a side armor because that just, I learned like my body as it matured was already a side armor. So it just grew from there and I just progressed and my, my body grew into the let's be a side armor and I started throwing super hard and it was awesome.
2: And (laughs) why White dive dive into that more. What what does it mean to have your body grow into a sidearm? Does that mean you have more arm strength? Does that mean more core strength? Like, what does it mean for a regular pitching stance to a sidearm stance? What type of strength do you have to have to be successful as a sidearmer?
1: Well, I think a lot of it is just naturally, you know, if it feels good, if it if it looks good, if it feels good, if the motion works for your body. I am a very I'm six foot three lanky you know six foot six wingspan i just have very long arms and it allows for a very whippy action um yeah but I, back to it i just went sidearm because i wanted to change something and then luckily i was still you know under matured at that point so i i was a sidearmer, and then my body matured and then it was like whoa i'm never going back because this is funky that i'm bringing at you and it's hard so it just was awesome it really was just a match in heaven i have no idea how it worked or why it happened but that's awesome mm-hmm.
3: that's great man so so you were like 19 or 20 when you sort of figured out that this was the route
1: yes
2: why give me give me the mount Rushmore of sidearm pitchers
1: um dennis eckerley um nice my personal favorite, my, the guy I've looked up to is Steve C. Um And then All right. Joe Smith. That's kind of what I got. Hopefully me, number four. Great answer. <laughs> yeah, oh, let's yeah, go. a boy. Nice.
2: <laughs> All right, so Wyatt, before you were drafted, we're going to just dump right into this Kansas City stuff. Before you drafted, you worked out with one team, and it was with our boys, the Kansas City Royals. Give us every detail about that reaction. <laughs> did you get contacted by the Royals? Who contacted you? Who did you work out with? Did you like Kansas City? Did you get to have barbecued? G- give everything, dude.
1: Okay, let me try to remember. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, paint a picture.
1: Basically, senior year of, uh, of college, I was you know, being pursued heavily by the Royals and the Mariners. Uh, the Mariners, I didn't really know much about. Uh, You know, communication wise, I I hadn't really talked to him a ton, but the Royals was they flew out to Spokane and like watched watched a Gonzaga game. I had a meeting in the press box with them. They flew out their cross checker their you know, one of their main scouts. And I was fired up. I was excited to to potentially be a royal it kind of sounded good to me uh, it sure but does baby it sure does i know and right. <laughs> I, and i had to decide between going to a mariners or a royals pre-draft workout and i think that man i i don't i don't know how i feel about pre-draft workouts now that i've done them just because it allows them to see you but also allows you them to see the bad like if they don't if they didn't think that you were going to be a certain way or I, that doesn't make sense but you know if they were thinking something and they're like oh that just doesn't seem the same in person and that could have been a that could have been what happened but i was a senior sign and there was a whole bunch of nonsense that was going on with senior signs don't don't accept a lot of money and the royals are is a team that doesn't spend a lot of money on the draft they like to save so but i ended up going i flew out there and i went to kauffman stadium and it was unbelievably gorgeous the fountains in in the outfield uh that place was awesome And, and i was there with uh if you know the name keston hira he went to uc irvine and he's now on the brewers he's like in their starting lineup um and he was kind of the dude that i walked around with and we watched a game together and i threw in i threw a simulated inning on the big league mound, uh, in front of everyone.
3: Oh, that's amazing!
1: Um, yeah, no one was in the stands or anything, and there was a game the next day, uh, but it was it was really cool. They had a you know about let's say fifteen dudes, all hitters, pitchers, you either threw an inning or you hit BP on the field. Uh, you met some of the players. I, I got a like Salvador Perez was in the dugout coming out for the game. And I was able to be in the, in the dugout for the game. It was so oh, cool. Oh, that's awesome. Or at man. least for the pregame. No way. Pre-game. Um, let's see. I did have barbecue. Where? Gosh, I, I remember it being great. I'm so sorry. It, they had it for us. So <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, okay. I, I, I ate it. I thought it was great, but I didn't really ask any questions because it was just provided.
3: Yeah. I bet it was Casey Joe's. <laughs> <laughs> if, if I were to guess. Yeah, probably yeah. Joe's.
1: Yeah.
0: Probably Joe's or Jack stack would be my, my guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they kind of the Kansas City barbecue scene is very territorial, and uh, <laughs> if, if you say your favorite barbecue is the wrong place, man, it's like you gotta you gotta head the other direction. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Uh, so, all right. So I got another question for you. Uh, mm-hmm. Speaking of just like the minor league life, so there's Twitter accounts such as Minor League Grinders, which have documented how the life of a minor league ball player can be like a real travail. Under normal circumstances, by which I mean pre-COVID, did you like ever work any part-time jobs while you were playing?
1: Oh, good question. Um, you know, I, I never really said, hey, I need to go get a, a job and make money because I'm not making enough money. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the minor leagues does a good job with uh, they provide a lot of housing, they provide food, So like all the things that cost a lot of money to be a a normal functioning person is taken care of. So then your, your, your paycheck is kind of your stipend that you can just use for whatever you need. So I've always felt comfortable with that. Obviously you're not making like a ton of money in the minor leagues, but I did get, I did get part-time jobs. I worked, I've worked at a, a homeless shelter. I did the, I worked at, I was the front desk, uh, that was hard but also a really really oh, good experience good for you man yeah i mean, uh, thank you thank you to my mom who is just a good samaritan she's out there serving lunch and i just decided to join in at, at, with the shelter and uh front desk was my job that's awesome um that's cool now right now i'm staying in a fence for my fiance's parents right on. So that's kind of what i selected this off season
3: and it's good it's good to hear that, you know, because well, there, there's a lot made of some of the horror stories of uh, of underpaid stuff in the minor leagues. But it's it's good to hear that maybe some of that's been adjusted in terms of taking care of some of the cost yeah. of living. Because I, I know you have to travel a lot and and it's an uncertain kind of thing.
1: It definitely is. And uh, yeah, the money, I think that there's the like the proportion of money that's spent in the big leagues to the minor leagues is like so grossly off yeah like they they could totally help some people out and that's kind of what's going on right now with hey some somebody fix it you know david price just gave you know x amount of dollars i think it was like a thousand bucks to everybody in the dodgers organization right out of his paycheck just because of the lack of money but wow. uh no i i think it's okay it's okay I, i'm enjoying my time i'm playing baseball for my job so
3: nice maybe sort of a segue from there quick question um I'm curious about one of the biggest things or 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 maybe the most interesting thing that that a layperson or an average fan has no idea about the realities of being a, a a professional ball player. Of course there's, you know, there's a lot of people say a lot of different things about this, but I'm curious about your perspective on what's one thing that that we as fans may not think of that's that that's a normal
1: thing for you guys. Ooh. Are you talking a positive or a negative or either? One of each. I think that, I don't know if this is that interesting, but I think that, like, eating and your diet is so different within each team. You know, the Dodgers have, like, whole foods that is catered, like, every single meal. They have everything they possibly need. Oh, I didn't know that. And some teams have pizza, you know, every like, every third game you have pizza. Wow. And it's, like, no vegetables or fruits wow. or greens or anything. You know, it's just, like it's a grind out there sometimes to, to find some good food. Wow. You know, the higher up you go is great, but also uh, let's let's see, like once you get to double A, things just start changing, like high A and below, high A regular, you know, just A ball. You know, you're in charge of all your stuff. You're, you're getting in trouble if you're not on the bus on time. There's just a bunch of, there's a bunch of rules because it's a bunch of young kids. But once you get to double A, it's like they they take your bags like you don't you, they take them from you you they do everything for you, everything's hung up in your lockers. you know just you start to feel a little bit more professional. Um, and the parks the parks in A ball are just I mean I'm not gonna say they're all bad because some of them are great, but I mean it could just it goes from uh feels like street ball, dirt ball to wow like big time once you reach kind of that double a level. Yeah. So I feel like that's something that people don't really yeah. know.
3: Nice.
2: Why, why, what, what is the the process from a to double a, like, just like who, who, who calls you, let you know, you know, we, we've been keeping your eye on you for double a or like, how does that all work?
1: Yeah. Um, I guess the most I can say on that is kind of my own story where I, I got drafted out of college. And I went to short season single a and, I was there for you know a few weeks, and one of the pitch the pitching coach in the outfield during batting practice said, "Hey, tomorrow you're going to be going to Loe in Clinton, Iowa." No kidding. I was like, "Okay,
0: yeah, Clinton. You played for the Clinton Lumber
3: Kings.
2: <laughs> we so had two, two Iowa boys on the podcast." Uh-huh. Right? <laughs> so I, I was a,
1: I was a Lumber King. No that was fun.
2: Yeah, oh, man. right on. I can't
3: believe <laughs> I
2: didn't
1: dig that up when we were researching you, man. That's awesome. Uh-huh
2: i actually didn't see that either
1: yeah uh let's see and then i, I started that next year after spring training in, in modesto california in Hay. and then uh, gosh i was there for the whole season i was pitching really well and then you just kind of get a a nudge you get called into the office you get called into the office and and the the manager for my team said hey you know blah 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 you've been doing great and then you know hits you with a you're going to double a and then everybody you know kind of slaps your hand gives you a hug you kind of wish wish the next you know that guy the best and i had to do that for so many guys yeah and in double a it was so cool because I, i got to be a part of some of my best friends getting the call to the big leagues and crying and just people achieving their dreams right in front of your eyes and then you know you want that same feeling so that's as a coach that's awesome as a player even better i think well i guess I've never been a coach, but, man, as a player, seeing your best friends get that call is awesome.
0: That's definitely pretty cool. So then are, are you saying then it's, it's just kind of more of a do your thing, execute your thing, and if they like it, they'll kind of, like, move you up? Or what have you observed, like, makes for a, a successful player climbing up through the ranks?
1: Well, first things, I think that if you're a high draft pick, um, you have a lot of eyes on you, a lot of ears, a lot of eyes. Uh, you have a lot of leeway um as a as a low round guy or sorry you know i guess a you know let's say a 27th rounder you got to you really have to go out there and show your stuff and prove to them that they drafted the right guy um i think that i'm a guy that adapts the i'm not going to focus on getting called up i'm just going to focus on the task at hand you know today's game and that's kind of how i've done my thing and that's what the mariners preach and the Mariners have a good mindset with that, uh, you know. When you get caught up in the, I, th- I should be called up. Woe is me. I mean, that's you're just you're bound to have a bad outing.
2: <laughs> yeah. Why going into that, uh, you you were selected to play on the spring training team, the right on in 2020 or 2019. Oh uh, uh, Can you can you talk about that? Were Were you able to play in that in that spring training at all? And if you were, how did that go?
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, this last spring training, uh, I, was, I was invited to Mariner's big league camp, which there's a difference in minor league camp and big league camp. Minor league camp is completely all of the young guys up to all the guys that didn't get invited. And, you know, you're just playing inner squads and there's lots of mental skills meetings and nutrition meetings, and you just do everything on one side of the clubhouse. And then there's the gym and the and – the, Training room and all that. And then on the other side of that is the big league clubhouse. So it's like completely different and separate. So it's like a goal. That's like, a okay, what's going on over here? This is like a little magic house over here that these people live in. And they come out of here (laughs) and they have all this cool gear. Um, No, but it's awesome, man. There's a pool table, ping pong table, just chairs, TVs. I mean, it's just anything you want. Like the fridge is stocked with cool stuff amazing tasty stuff uh you just have so many there's just so many more I, don't know, I wish i could find the word but just cool things over there and uh being over there with all the big dogs was awesome uh, i was i was a young the young kid that not a ton of people knew uh, i i had to get up and they, gosh they made the rookies do lots of different stuff up there I, you know some some people had to give the world news report some people had to give events going on around the Peoria. World news
2: report. What does that mean? So, so you had to like be, uh, you had to like speak in front of everybody.
1: Well, I'll get, I'll get to that. I, I had to do something different, but my buddy had to give the <laughs> world news report. You know, every day, every morning, the morning briefing, uh, and then one person had to go. You know, events around Phoenix, Arizona, and and then the skipper would just choose a group of people to go do it. And it's like, oh, <laughs> you don't, you don't want to be chosen to go to the the rodeo, you know, but. <laughs> i had to do i said in my uh player intro to the whole the whole big league roster you know i had stand up and you know i said i like music that was the first thing i said and they said great so you can start a band and you can perform for us
0: oh jeez. <laughs>
1: so, so i i rallied some troops uh i picked like the best musicians i knew i knew that one of my buddies was a super good guitar player we had a one of my coaches was a guitar player like i had to i picked all those dudes i'm the dude that's messing on logic on my computer making electronic <laughs> beats so i'm like what yeah. how am i gonna add to Hell this yeah i mean i played piano Attaboy. but i don't have a piano so basically we just did a little mashup of three songs uh i started it off i, I remade buy you a drinks beat on my computer and then moved it into like tennessee whiskey and there's another song but it was it was a total hit i was in a dragon costume it was awesome
3: that's amazing what this is the that's content not, we're so looking cool. for wyatt this is
1: this, this is looking exactly looking for. wait we're this, for.
2: this 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 was like in front of the whole seattle mariners organization during spring training
1: yeah this was <laughs> this was oh yeah d gordon was there <laughs> all the all the big dogs oh that's yeah That's so cool oh, laughing, oh my god oh, i love
2: me. that fantastic i oh,
0: love that that sounds like a blast
1: <laughs> it so, was so a blast then,
0: how did you get into making beats and music then
1: I have always had an ear for it. I've loved, I loved music. I was in choir for four years um, in, in high school, really enjoyed that. And then, so I, you know, I had like the, the building blocks for for how to, how to make music and how to sound good, what goes together, what chords are. So then I, and I learned piano growing up so that now I just play on my keyboard or it's my keyboard on my uh, computer is my, actual piano keyboard but i i just make i make i started with house now i'm trying to make different stuff right now it's like a more a little bit more edm dancey stuff but i'm i'm a big just i listen to a ton of music and i like to make i'm kind of almost like a dj i'd rather be a dj than a producer but i don't know what i want to do it's just a hobby that's awesome man
2: friend of the podcast dj wyatt mills hashtag
1: Shouldn't have said DJ, huh? Darn.
2: It's official
0: now. Okay, then, then the I last question that. about the music stuff, just because we're so interested in it. Yeah. Uh, three, we're all musicians. <laughs> three of your biggest influences in regards to the music you make.
1: Wow. <laughs> uh, okay. I would say it started off with Kygo, the, just the tropical house. I loved I loved that in college, and then it turned into slander, just hard, harder EDM. And then my favorite right now is Miles Away. From he's a small electronic artist from Vancouver, Canada. He doesn't know that I am his biggest fan, but I absolutely he love he will stuff.
3: now. Friend of the podcast, yeah, dude,
0: friend <laughs> of the podcast. Let's go. We're, we're going <laughs> to like a special like uh, meet your hero episode, or we'll have you back on, and then we'll have him
1: like crash oh the conversation. <laughs>
2: They're like big, big reveal.
1: (laughs) Good luck getting them on. Good luck getting them on.
0: (laughs) All right, so so shifting things kind of back to baseball then. (laughs) Sure. Uh, So one question we thought up was, so players are obviously always working on things. I mean, even this past offseason, Pat Mahomes said he's still learning to read defenses and read shifts and audible out of all that stuff. Uh, What would you say is the biggest project you're working on in
1: your own game right now? See, that's a good question and, and a trick question or a trick answer. <laughs> Here um, we go. <laughs> damn it, Reese! I feel like everybody <laughs> thinks everybody thinks that it's all physical stuff that people work on. I mean, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is is working on reading defenses. That's honestly, that's that's a lot of mental. I mean, and physical. You're you're seeing it, but it's that's a lot of like decision making. <laughs> For me, it's all like consistency mentally like being confident like believing in yourself like believing that when you step on the big league mound in front of everybody that you believe that you b- belong there and i feel like that doesn't get talked about ever it's all everybody just assumes that everybody is good and their 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 mind is good when they're up there but everybody everybody at the level i'm at is extremely talented physically like everybody is so good that it's whoever can consistently maintain that whoever has the mental skills to to get punched in the face and come back like right after that and not let it go a week of crappy hitting or, or pitching so i guess i'll start with that like right now i'm trying anything i can i'm, I'm with a mental skills coach we have a, a meeting every week i'm I'm working on fine tuning my mental game uh, and my confidence and deriving confidence from the right places uh, with, you know, within myself, that's just preparation. So leading into preparation, I'm working on my slider to make it just nasty and throwing strikes with it. So I'm, I'm working on that. I'm trying to add a change up. I'm a sidearm. I should have a change up, but I've just lived and died with, with my, my sinker and my slider. and it's gotten me a long a long ways, but I think that the changeup would be incredibly useful against lefties. Left lefties hit the ball better off me than righties, so I, that's one thing. I'm trying to add a changeup. That's all.
2: That's that's actually a huge thing that us as as, as opera singers and also uh, piano players for Kyle and Nurse Respect. That's something that that we that we deal with a lot. Like we deal with a lot of the the like mental game because for us we we are we are doing an an audition for someone and we have to sing two arias that are like you know 5 minutes long or for, or for Kyle you're playing two you're playing two arias that are like ten minutes long and you have to give your best product you know in 10 minutes so we totally understand the whole mental game there um, speaking about the the whole mental game uh Wyatt you were on the uh, the, uh, the uh, USA baseball team now was was that your hardest competition that you've played thus far and was there any mental stuff there that you had to like you know what I'm up against some of the best young talent in the entire world I mean how did how did you handle that
1: hmm yeah, I'll, I'm excited to dive in about uh, dive into that. Um, yeah, that was the hardest, the hardest competition for sure that I faced. Um, but the funny thing is that I was extremely confident going into that because I had I had earned I had earned the right to be confident by dominating in the preseason games that we had. You know, we scrimmaged like Arizona State and Arizona and some JUCOs and. I just kind of earned the respect the coaches were like and the players were like dude you're funky you're you're nasty like you're awesome <laughs> and I, I went out and pitched against the dominican republic and a winner winner goes to japan game which was intense like winner goes to japan to like qualify for the olympics or loser goes home wow and the united states going going home and in, in the you know the not even the final tournament would be sad for me like if i was the if i was a, somebody that was on that team USA like I want to get to the finals and so I was confident I pitched two innings uh you know shut shut momentum down and the Dominican Republic ended up going home empty-handed which was awesome and we went to Japan and I pitched all right I pitched good I pitched bad once I pitched good most of the time um but man I was I was on cloud nine I was confident uh the crowds were unbelievable I don't know if you wanted to go into that, but like playing Japan was like being at like the biggest soccer event with, you know, they're, they're, they're chanting, their, their hands are all in motion going up and down. Like it's a, like it's a wave across the stadium and they're chanting while you're pitching. I mean, they're actually trying to distract you, but when somebody makes a good play, they They told they clapped like they were that that was incredible entertainment like they just they loved the hustle so like they respected everything about the game but it was it was like you were at a soccer like a soccer match and it was intense crowd
3: that's incredible man that that's that's exactly what I wanted to know I I mean we we had written down I was gonna ask you what your favorite stadium you have played in is or even what's your favorite major league stadium that you have played in or have yet to play in. But it, I hadn't even considered to ask about, of course, the crowds for the international games in Japan, I'm sure, were incredible.
1: Yeah. Um, I can't say anything. I can't uh, forget Mexico. Mexico was incredible. They had great, great fans that loved the game. But yeah, Japan, even playing like we played Korea, we played Australia, we played the Chinese Taipei. Uh, and, you know, it wasn't full capacity, but people still came out and enjoyed the game. And then anytime Japan played, it was the subways were packed. It was everybody going to the game. And Japan's all-star team, Japan's major league all-star team was playing, you know, the United States minor leagues team. That's amazing. (laughs) And we, we beat them. We beat them.
0: That's pretty tight that leads me to another question then so i know a few people that have gone on from college basketball to play basketball overseas is that something you see over or sorry you see from american baseball players as much like say you you leave college and go play over in japan or you go play in mexico or another country with a a major league system
1: yeah you know i don't know off the top of my head how many legit major league systems there are i know that there's a ton of places i mean i've had a friend who's played in italy i've had friends who've played in australia um japan's league is very very good you have to be you have to have AAA time or big league time for them to you know look at you uh i've had i've had conversations with my agent though about going to japan and especially playing over there you know japanese scouts saw me so it's definitely an option and there was a player on my team who was united states born but was playing, had played in Japan seven years professionally. So I got to talk with him and learned a lot about that whole thing. But yeah, Japanese baseball is very, very good.
2: Wyatt, <laughs> who who on your USA baseball team, do you other than you, of course, you are going to be a star. But like, other than you, who do you think is like, oh my gosh, this guy is, is totally under the radar, going to be a star in the league? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, you know, I, I would have said Noah Song. Uh, he went to Navy. Really? Yeah. And he actually just got accepted to flight school and they told him that he can't play baseball anymore. So, and he throws like 99 wow, and blows up by people and was dominant, but he can't play anymore. Uh, other than that, I mean, there are so many dudes, there was people in the big leagues, you know, one of our, our catchers, you know, was 39 years old. He was, he was legit. I learned a lot from him, but, um, you know there's young guys like joe adele he was with the with the angels um mm-hmm. brent rooker i really liked brent rooker as a person and as a player he had a big home run I mean, there was gosh that's a good question there's so many dudes but there was a lot of young top 100 prospects in the big leagues that were or in the minor leagues that we're definitely going to be seeing here pretty soon
3: nice we appreciate that inside information, man. That's awesome, and it, you bet. it means a lot, you know, coming from somebody who is there, is
0: playing with them. You know, you're not you're not an outsider looking in, which is really cool. Well, then, staying on the topic of uh, of people you played with. So obviously, you know, we're sitting in Kansas City. Uh, we're thirsty for some good baseball right now, and uh, you, you've <laughs> you've currently been playing in Arkansas. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, that's where I played the whole last season. Yes,
0: uh, same division as Double A Royals, correct? Uh huh. Yeah. Okay, we have to ask. Uh, what is the inside <laughs> scoop on some of the minor leaguers in the Royals system right now?
1: You know, the Royals, the Royals team that that was uh, in Northwest Arkansas, the Naturals, such a scrappy team. The Royals love speed, um, and and craftiness and slappy hitting i mean they they have guys that are they're up there to battle you and beat out like you know small ground balls in the infield steal bases you know be really active on the bases to distract and just to get you out of your comfort zone Mm -hmm. and they actually gave a lot of trouble to a lot of teams in our league and man the arkansas travelers we had their number last year and they they would they would totally say that they know that um they're a good team, though. They're 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 just a different team. Like, they they come up there and they're just a bunch of lefties that are looking to go the other way and steal second and third. I mean, it's just not the type of baseball that you're used to.
0: Do you get that a lot in minor league baseball? Like, you get a lot of teams playing a lot of kind of different systems, so to say. Like, you got you know in the NFL, let's say you got you know more of a, a run focused power team. You got like a, a fast offense team. You might have like a team like the Broncos that are more based on defense. Do you see that in minor league baseball?
1: I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say not as much. I think that I think that it depends though. You know, if you got a bunch of big time prospects, you're gonna, you know, kinda form to what they are. So, you know, we had a bunch of we just had a bunch of big big hitters, doubles, triples, homers. Um mixed in with a couple fast guys but all they also ran the ball out of the yard and I feel like that's most teams the royals are they were built on They were built on speed they were not and bunting they bunted they 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 did anything they could Um and they give a lot of people trouble but I will say guys I'm not trying to talk smack but I I pitched really well all year against them, and they know that. I know Atta they boy. do. There we go.
3: <laughs> Let's go. But That's what we're I'm waiting not, for. Wyatt. They're,
1: they're great players. I just had a really good season against them.
0: I do. That's awesome. That's so cool. Bet on yourself.
2: And you are a friend of the podcast, so we're totally cool with that, my friend yeah. Wyatt. Wyatt, what are your opinions on the MLB doing this like post or not post? post COVID, but like COVID season, what is, what is the buzz around the league and how they are addressing COVID and how the MLB is handling COVID? What are your opinions?
1: Yeah. Um, personally, uh, it's been really, it's been frustrating, but there's huge issues going on in the world that I feel like need to be addressed, you know, and the world is kind of calling for them to be addressed in the United States, especially, you know, with, with racism and COVID-19, like those are two huge things that can be addressed right now. And baseball is choosing to worry a lot about money. And I'm not saying that they're not, they're not going to be supporting those two things, but man, it's crazy that we're, we're choosing to just continue with sports because like if it doesn't work out, I just feel like you're just going to lose your money and then all, everybody's going to be pissed. It's just so hard to, to make everything even, but you know what? I take it back. I really like that. They're, they're going to play. They're in a bubble. You know, basketball is doing it in a bubble. Who knows what's going to happen with football. Baseball is going to start here in like what, two three days. Mm-hmm. It, I don't know how you can get everybody to not leave their hotel, you know, once like, somebody goes downtown they get it the whole team gets it the whole league's canceled yeah you know, I don't, something like that could happen and i guess that's just me thinking ahead but and i th- there's so many guys that you know they're having like mike trout's having a baby and he was on the fence that's the best player in the world on the fence of coming back to the season <laughs> but he chose to come back today right wow um, right there's yeah there's there's dudes like david price who i mentioned earlier he you know, chose to opt out along with a lot of other guys, Buster Posey. Yeah. There's a lot of really good players that chose to opt out for reasons that make sense. You know, they have triplets at home. They have their wife is, you know, is sick or has complications that would be, t- you know, anything. So it, it is really a crazy time to try to play sports, but man, I, you know, I love sports.
2: Right. <laughs> yeah. White, white with that. Um, can you give us some uh, world series predictions? Let's hear it, man.
1: Yeah, let's go. Cliche, Yankees Dodgers. Hey, that's pretty classic. I like the sound of that. I mean, there's they just have incredible players, so it's hard to not pick them.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. That's oh, fair. Yeah. I also <laughs> gotta say, man, it's it's really great to, to hear a professional athlete talk about the importance of of reprioritizing like the biggest issues facing our country because like the way that we as Americans historically have bonded over baseball and come together behind baseball. And like I mean, it's like the quintessential American thing to to, to bond with people over. And so it's it's really great to hear and, and, and I I totally agree with you that there are things that are bigger than that, you know? Yeah. And uh, it's a mistake to make it all about money and it's a mistake to make it all about the nitty gritty of keeping keeping the machine sort of rolling without taking the hard look at our world and our society and what needs to change. And
1: Yeah. But sports can be used as a great platform. You know, LeBron James is somebody that people want yeah, to listen to. That's right. So he needs to be seen, you know? Yeah.
2: White had a good, good gun- Gonzaga education. Hashtag people for others. Am I right?
1: <laughs> I love Gonzaga.
0: All right. Well, unfortunately Time is of the essence, and it's also breathing down the back of our neck. Wyatt, thank you so much for all the insight. I know we've all learned a lot about like what the life of a, a baseball player is, going from the minors, working up to the majors. It's really cool to get an insight of you and just that you're this awesome video gamer, DJ, just baseball uh, renaissance man. Uh, any last words for our listeners?
1: You know, I, I not really. I just am really excited that somebody thought that it would be cool if I was on a podcast. So I'm so happy to to join you guys and uh, the connection through Armando's brother. Uh, so cool! Uh, it's cool that you guys are Kansas City fans of all sports uh, and that we had a connection with that. Um, but thank you so much for having me on. Yet
2: another friend of the podcast, Armando's brother. Yeah, shout out to Andrew, our public
0: relations manager. Andrew, thanks for hooking this up. <laughs> Well, that's all the time we have for today's episode we want to thank wyatt mills again for being such a great guest letting us interview him and hanging out in the podcast today don't forget to subscribe to our show on spotify apple podcasts as well as Podbean. and for more exclusive content including a beer review by mr mills himself consider becoming a friend of the podcast by subscribing to our patreon This has been another episode of Fountain City Sports Media coming to you live from the heart of the heartland. Take care.